Hello and welcome to the Enneagram and Christianity podcast from Crossroads Church and Ministries in Marshall, Michigan with lead pastors Claire and Scott Lorridge. And whether you're listening in your car, maybe you're sitting in your living room, taking a run with your ear pods in, we're grateful that you've taken a few moments to come and listen to this and to listen to this series that's all about the good news for the Enneagram. And this episode, we are talking about the beloved type sixes. And the number six is the second episode in the head types. And so we're grateful that you're along with us to learn about this Enneagram, which is a tool for transformation and our ongoing transformation in our relationship with God. So we're grateful that you're back with us. Or maybe this is your first time and that is awesome too. You know, we've been given the opportunity over the last several episodes that if you'd like to be a part of not only this podcast, but also the ongoing work of Crossroads Church and Ministries. And when we say and ministries, that's everything from food pantry to children's ministry to our work ending human trafficking throughout the world. And you can give by texting the word give to 84321. Or by going to ccmonline.org, and you'll see at the top right-hand corner a place for you to give. And it'll give you instructions of how you can give to the ongoing work of Crossroads Church and Ministries. So we're glad that you're here, that you're with us, that you're learning and listening in a little bit more. And as we've been playing over the last several episodes, we also have a bit of our parody to the old song, Hotel California which is our, whether we want to call it Hotel Enneagram or Enneagram Transformation. Listen in to a little bit as we go into the message, and we hope that you will take a listen. And uh, at the end, you'll even have an opportunity to find out ways that you can maybe take a retreat or just learn more about what's happening at Crossroads Church. So thanks for listening. Here we go. But he goes blowing. I watch is a courtyard and analyze the scene. She contemplates the moments, keeps to herself a dream. Awesome. Um, we are so grateful to, to be with you today. Are you grateful to be here? I'm grateful to be here. Yeah. And I'm grateful to be anywhere. I'm vertical. <laughs> I'm taking nourishment. And so are you right now. So let's give thanks to God. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and God um, has done so many good things in our midst through this series called The Enneagram and the Good News. People have been discovering that their spouse really isn't trying to irritate them. They just really were made like Well, not always trying to irritate them. That's right. Exactly. Um, We're discovering that we are made in God's image. And this tool called the Enneagram just means nine 
gram points, a circle inscribed by nine points, showing us these wonderful ways that we bring the image of God into the world. And we've been telling you all the way through that, friends, this is not just about your own spiritual transformation, but people who are transforming and begin to look like Jesus really are bringing the good news. That's the real good news, right? And when God said God was going to make us in God's own image, and then in the New Testament, it tells us that we with unveiled faces, we're being transformed from glory to glory, image to image. We are being made new. And Dallas Willard, one of our favorite teachers from afar, said, what does it mean to glorify God? To glorify God is to live in such a way that when people look at you, they say, what a good God God must be to have thought of a person like that. Isn't that good? It's beautiful. I love it. And so the Enneagram really is living out what Jesus prayed in John 17, that the glory that God had given him would be in us and that we'd actually show up and people would feel like God has shown up. And so just think of the moments when people have shown up in your life and you thought that was God. Have you ever said that? That was definitely God. Has that ever happened to you? That was definitely God. That person could not have known that or said that to me. That was definitely God. Well, that's when someone's living in their true self. And so this, these terms that we use true self emerges from union with God. It is your non-acquired. Everybody say non-acquired. Non-acquired. Non-acquired self. This is what God did in you. God created you, breathed you, spoke forth a word, and you were created. Your essence, your reflection of God. We call it the Imago Dei. But then there's the false self stuff when we lose our likeness, right? This is our compulsive old nature. It's a combination of, you know, nature, nurture, free will, stuff I've done, stuff I failed to do, the ways I miss it, the ways I forget myself, the ways that I live in Romans 7, the things I hate, I end up doing, the things I want to do, I just don't do. That's when you say, man, I'm not looking like God in this moment. Has anybody ever felt that way? And you go to bed and you say, God, forgive me, Christ, renew me, and Holy Spirit, enable me to grow in love. You know, and so the beautiful part of this is you don't have to know all that today, but you can find out more on the podcast. We want to talk to you about the loyal person, this person that is the six. Mm -hmm. And, And what we've been doing is seeing Jesus in all nine styles and... The six is the loyal person. They show us that Jesus is loyal and steadfast and stable and faithful and supportive and on time. I mean, sixes can really hold up the world a bit. I don't know if you know it. And so Jesus, have you ever seen Jesus as this? Yeah, let's stand in the presence of God and for the reading of the scripture. So John chapter 14 Do not let your hearts be troubled. It's Jesus speaking here. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. For if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also." I am the way, the truth, and the life. The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, 
but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, but if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's a, that's a beautiful sixth statement. And I will ask the Father and will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth. The spirit abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. Again, another beautiful six-style statement that Jesus makes there. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make a home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. Let's take a moment in silence. Thank you for your faithfulness in calming worry and fear and trouble, always preparing and always providing for us. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Amen. So as Claire said, the sixth style is loyal. It's also faithful. It's also communal. Teamster, some call the sixth style the teamster, not the teamster like the trucking union, the teamster like part of a team, always thinking about the team and bringing it together. The Trinity is the ultimate example of community, of team, of functioning together, of giving deference one to the other, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And few places in Scripture is it more detailed and discussed than in John 14, 15, and 16, although it's spoken about throughout the whole of Scripture. But Jesus in those three chapters just kind of weaves this beautiful picture of what some would even call the divine dance of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit functioning together. He highlights it with statements like this, The Father is in me. And I am in the Father. Now, this is a Greek concept that Jesus is referring to. There's a term for it. The Greeks called this the mutual indwelling, when one is inside of another, like Jesus refers to. 
The Greek word is perichoresis. It's the word that we get choreography from. It really is this beautiful picture of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit supporting and loving and working together as one and on our behalf. It's a wonderful picture of the perfection of community, teamwork, mutual love, submission, respect expressed in the Trinity. We read about it in other places, right? Including here. The Father says about the Son, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased at Jesus' baptism. At the transfiguration, he makes a similar statement, and he says, This is my Son, whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. The Son says about the Spirit, It'll be better for you after I leave, because you'll receive an advocate, a comforter, after I go. There's this mutual empowerment and respect and working together that they have. The son says about the father, it is not my will, but yours be done when he's in the garden of Gethsemane. I don't do anything, Jesus says, unless I see the father do it first. And he also follows that up by saying, I only do what the father directs. The father says about the spirit or referring to the spirit that the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, Jesus says, will teach you and remind you of everything that I said. The father will send the spirit. And the spirit says about the son or does toward the son, the spirit, for instance, leads Jesus into the wilderness for the temptation and empowers him during that time. It's into this beautiful presence of faithfulness, community, six-style personality that Jesus and the Trinity live in perfection that we are all invited. Jesus says this. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. Paul says it this way. Paul said, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit. We're all invited into this beautiful dance with the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit to be with them and in them and in agreement with them. I love what Anne Lamott says. She says, the Gulf Stream can pass through a straw if it is aligned with the Gulf Stream. So the question for us when we consider the beauty of community, of faithfulness toward God, is how are we doing at aligning with the breath and the movement, the community and the spirit of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? And these beautiful types called the loyal people, they really give us a way to see it. I'm going to invite our six friends, not six of them, but friends that are sixes to come on up. What you may be noticing about these um, sixes is they're a part of the head intelligence. Some of us move into our head and dismiss our heart and love becomes a concept. When asked a feeling question, we consult our head. I think I feel I'll get through this. When we trust mental activity, pros and cons, research and study, we may dismiss heart people as lightweights and gut people as reactionary. 
Now, these five, sixes, and sevens have a core motivation of security and survival, which is why you're probably glad that Edgar takes care of our security department, right? <laughs> and that Ron takes care of our IT stuff, you know? And that, that both, both Shane and Kelly work in the prison system. Go ahead, say thanks be to God. And, but the negative fixation when they're not healthy can be fear and anxiety. And the narrative is, I am what I have, I won't have enough, or I'll get what I want. But when they're living in their best, they're saying they show us God's faithfulness, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great. Come on, say it. Great, Great is, is thy faithfulness. faithfulness. In their true self, they show us God's faithfulness. They are trustworthy, responsible, alert, insightful, and curious. This, this is this group of people right here. They're supportive and steadfast, and they show us sacred faithfulness. They have this beautiful way of communicating. They have this wonderful way of joining. They have wonderful leadership skills. They're loyal. They're teamsters. They're relators. They're joiners. And when they're healthy, they give us courage. Courage, right? But remember, not all sixes, just like everyone else, are created equal. There are levels of health from the Diagnostic Statistic Manual for Personality Disorder all the way up to sainthood. And none of us are saints in heaven yet, but we are on our way being, you know, transformed from glory to glory. So we have this wonderful friend, and uh, many of you know her, our friend Erica who is one of our students um, in the, uh, in the uh, motions of the soul. She's a practitioner and a life coach. And I just want you guys to welcome Erica from Hi, Illinois. Erica. Hey, Erica. And um, Erica, can we hear you? Are you unmuted? Say something to us. Hello? Good morning. Good morning. Okay, so I'm going to leave that to Ron. Ron, can you come over and see if you can fix something here? <laughs> and um, and it, it could happen. And uh, and meanwhile, I'm just gonna I'm gonna ask um, I'm gonna ask Kelly. This is so funny. So Kelly went to Haiti, and um, first she was really scared. Didn't want to go to Haiti. She's a, a dental assistant at Jackson Prison. Did you guys know that? So she's working on the teeth of some of the most um, dangerous criminals in the state of Michigan every day. She has her hands in their mouth. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and, and how many years have you been working there, Kelly? 19. 19. And um, when she was getting ready to go to Haiti, she said, I don't know, I'm kind of scared. I'm like, you work at Jackson Prison. <laughs> How in the world are you even afraid, you know? And so anyway, so we went on the trip. And the first thing with Kelly, she opened up her bag. She had enough Bella Vitas for a small village because she said, I have to make sure that all of us can eat every day just to be sure. She had packed so many Bella Vitas. You guys know what a Bella Vita is? It's like a breakfast bar. I mean, she was going to... She, this is the beauty of sixes. They're going to make sure you don't die when you're on a mission trip. <laughs> don't go on a mission trip without sixes because they are going to pack the bags and be sure, right? And so, so Kelly, you, you were afraid to go to Haiti. Can you tell us what that's about? Oh, I, I was, I was, yes, very afraid. I um, wasn't sure what was going to happen. She told me that 
it was their worship week, the devil worship week. So I'm like, oh, Lord, now what? Um, and, of course, I like music. As, and so, you know, there's a lot of drum pounding and a lot of, and I'm just like, she's like, I couldn't sleep. So she was like, well, just take one of my Ambien and you'll sleep. I'm like, oh, no, because then you'll find me up there with the drummers dancing. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just nervous about a lot of things. But um, when I got there, I was fine. I actually enjoyed it. It was one of the greatest experiences of my life. So I was also afraid to eat the food. But, and that was one of the reasons I had my little, little suitcase or stash of food because I wasn't sure if I was going to like anything. So I was ready to, to have my crackers if I needed to. So do you always prepare for a worst case scenario? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> and so you're, you're always thinking out there that some, this bad thing could happen. And, and are you always, you, you're always prepared. I, I try to be. I try to be. I'm learning to be better at it. I'm learning to let things go because it's not as bad as I think, but I stay in my head and I'm preparing for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we thank God for you on that trip. And like Edgar, do you know what goes on on a Sunday morning as head of security for you? Um, a lot, usually. <laughs> <laughs> so give us, give us an idea of a day in the life of Crossroads without mentioning names. Right. So just come here early, try to make sure that everything's set for the people that come here, um, and then just keep observations over what's going on in the parking lot, in the service, with the kids, uh, with the teachers, with the pastors. So, um, again, not a ton I can talk about, but there's stuff that we're always watching um, just to make sure that everybody's comfortable and happy and, and can enjoy service on a, a, a weekly basis. Yeah, so, like, you guys um, work on, like, tornado drills and all of that kind of thing, like... All kinds of different scenarios that could possibly happen. Like her, we, I think about what could happen and try to prepare for where to go, where to be, where my staff should be stationed if something were to happen. Um, signals we have, just everything we could possibly think of to make sure that whatever happens, which I hope it never does, that we're as prepared as we could be. Yeah, and, and so the thing that's so funny about that, some types, we've never even looked at an escape route map. Raise your hand if that's you. Like, you've been in a place you don't even look. You know, it, you don't, it, that's not just, not even on my, my radar. And so, yeah, and, um, and in the prison system, what, what happens with you, Shane? What, what is it? You're on high alert? Are you always on high alert? Well, I, it's funny because I was just thinking today, I just went back into the actual prison system. I was in the training division for 10 years after being in the prison system for 13. And so now I've been back in for a while, and, and I was just sharing with Matt in the back that I realized some of my literal physical limitations only because I went back inside the prison. And when I realized my physical limitations, I had... Uh, two moments, that moment where I'm in denial that I could be physically limited, and now what? But the other thing is, is how am I going to get this taken care of? Because if I'm physically limited, not only am I not good for myself in certain circumstances, but those who I would be uh, helpful to if, if necessary. So we got a lot of thinking and thinking and maybe even overthinking, do you think? Ron, you want to tell us a little bit about overthinking? You're letting me use your mic? <laughs> um, so uh, life is like a chess game. 
It's uh, you have to think four to five steps ahead of everyone else, up, down the line and everything like that. So you're always thinking, you're always planning, and it's exhausting sometimes. But it's part of the nature that we do. And when you when you are released from that, you have to plan, or you're released from your post. Like this is your responsibility, which you said in your your liturgy today, and that. Just that word post hits me right between the eyes because as a six, it's our responsibility. There's always a responsibility to do something. Whether you've, whether you've planned for it or not, you've planned for the failure of the plan that you've pe- planned the failure of. It's an endless loop. Actually, it's not a loop. I, so I'm a programmer also. So it's like this huge nested if-then-else if, statement. If-then-else, if-then-else, if-then-else. And so we've already planned for the, we've already planned for the failure of the success. Can I just add one thing yeah. um, with what he said, which is <laughs> hilarious, because um, we were at a football game at Marshall High School one day, and you know the, the stands can get kind of crowded, and I normally try to sit towards the, the end so I can get out, and I was pushed towards the middle, and I was like literally like, um, all right, I can get out. If I go this way, I can get out. So I was literally planning my escape route if anything happened. And I just found it funny within myself, but I also was like, you know, this is kind of crazy. (laughs) And so not kind of crazy. I mean, that is the mental habit of the six, is to be faithful, loyal. How how are we going to get out? How are we going to keep people secure and safe? And Erica, um, are there spiritual practices that you have that help you let go of that overthinking and over-strategizing? Well, there are, but we can't hear her. Let me see. Let me unplug her and plug her back in again. Uh-oh. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Ron was planning on that happening. Did you hear Ron? He said, it's okay. It's okay. It's all right. She's coming back. There, have no fear. There she is. Can we hear you now? I don't know. I... She can hear us. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. Watch this. I'm going to... What am I going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do. Erica, just your presence is healing the people right here. You know, I mean, it is, it's fabulous. I I think about, um, Kelly, you don't drive in the snow. I don't like to, no. And I will find a ride before I get out there myself. (laughs) To go to work at Jackson Prison. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. And so, you know, it, it's not that, it, here's the reality, there, um, the, the overthinking, really, you know things that we don't know. You've paid attention to things that we don't pay attention to. You've seen dangers that the rest of us haven't seen. I mean, Edgar, I just saw you speaking into your walkie-talkie, taking care of business somewhere in the building. You know, can't, can't you just be here now, or are you worried about the building? Yeah, I'm always worried about the building. Do you need like, to leave? The funny thing is, is she was talking about the, um, the uh, stadium. Well, I know the number of steps everywhere here. So if we're ever in the dark, I know the number of steps to go down each location. Can you just say rock on <laughs> to, to that, right? Like we, these, we need these people in our lives to show us the faithfulness of God. And, um, and there are spiritual practices that help us stay healthy. Uh, Ron, what are, what are you utilizing these days to help you uh, stay centered and healthy and not out on the edge in fear? So I find myself 
looking for ways to pull back, which sounds bad because we're always trying to engage with other people. But as a six, like I was telling you this morning, when someone asks me to do something, I would prefer you tell me I don't have to do it first. And then I'll come back and say, okay, I'll do it. I have to basically look at things like it. Rock on. Uh-huh. I have to look at things like they don't have to be done. And I, and I look at fear like, like I texted you yesterday. I look at fear like a necessity. Like if without fear, if, if I, like, what is it? The only, the, the only thing to fear is fear itself. But fear is necessary for a six because it's like a fuel to us. Um, it's ever present in our lives. We're always afraid of what's going to happen. But we use it in a healthy way. We use it to move past it. Yeah. And, and so when you think about um, all of the things that we should be afraid of, uh, do you feel like you're um, taking care of everybody by holding all of that for us? Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about six hours ahead of most of the other people around me because I've already thought at 7 a.m. when I came in, or 7.30, no, 8 a.m. I came in, I forgot what time I got here. 8 a.m. I got, got in the morning building. I'm already thinking of 2 p.m., which is, can be debilitating to me because if I'm not present, then I miss what's happening right now. Mm. So I actually, I think I told you recently, on an old keyboard that I used to play, I physically wrote on the keyboard, pay attention. Because I'm always thinking ahead so far that if I'm not present in the music that I'm doing, then I'm not actually doing anything worthwhile. Wow. And so I think, I, I, I think you have held things for us in the world our friends that are sixes that we have no idea that you're holding and taking care of. And, and, and I do appreciate um, the fact that you're loyal, you're faithful, but I also appreciate that you want us to also say you don't have to do that so then you can choose and not just live from a place where you have to do it, where it's your res- because you're responsible, you have to do it. Because that's a lot of weight. You know, if, if you love people who are sixes on the Enneagram, look for ways to let them off the hook and to say you don't have to do it. There were probably several, um, there were probably several, I don't know, four sixes who backed out on me today. And, um, and then some that came at the last minute. And so what we're going to do here is, um, Erica, are you there? Good morning, yes. Okay, I'm going to let you hear her through my microphone. So what's a spiritual practice for everybody that is a six to let go of some of that fear and the need to be on and hypervigilant? Yeah, good morning, Crossroads. Um, For me as a six, the practice of welcoming prayer is so important because when I'm able to name my fear and when I'm able to accept it, as Ron just said, it's a part of my reality. In fact, my word for the year is fearless. And I didn't choose it because I thought, oh, I'm going to run into 2019 without any fear. But really, for those of you that remember from elementary math, that greater than, less than symbol, it's about taking the word fearless and putting that symbol right in the middle to say, but if I can fear less every day, learn to trust, 
to welcome and to name that which I fear, it loses its power and its hold over me. Does that sound like that might help? So all together, why don't we just do this? Why don't we just breathe in? God is faithful. I let go of fear. God is faithful. Breathing in. I can fear less. And maybe one more breath in. Perfect love. Breathing out. Cast out fear. God, we bless our beloved sixes here that um, carry a lot of our safety and security on their shoulders. And we bless them. We are so grateful that they are faithful and stable and vigilant and responsible and on time. And we bless them. And we also pray that they can let go of the need to be responsible and faithful at every moment and can let you be the one who is responsible and faithful, trusting that great is your faithfulness. Amen. Can you guys all say thank you to our friends here and let's stand together. Well, how many of you know a six? How many of you are a six? There will be a support group in the back left corner right over there. You guys can all hang out together. And, um, and let's, just, uh, let's just take a moment, um, just one more moment, and breathe in gratitude for those who uh, are holding this image of God within them and breathe in gratitude for them. Remember the people in your life that are taking care of business. Bless them now. Even just say, God, will you bless them? that we all need security and survival. And we don't want to overplay our hand, but trust in the one who holds it all. Thanks so much for listening in to the Enneagram and Christianity podcast with Claire and Scott Lorridge with the good news for the Enneagram. We hope that this has been helpful to you to discover more about your transforming journey your own Enneagram type, and the people around you. If you're interested in going deeper, Claire and Scott offer trainings throughout the year. Go to ccmonline.org equip to find some amazing opportunities, including transforming retreats at Crossroads Church and Ministries and Motions of the Soul Enneagram training here in Marshall and places across the country. Again, that's CCM 
online.org slash equip. Check that out, and as always, send us an email with any questions you might have to Crossroads at ccmonline.org. We're so grateful that you've been listening in, and we even hope that you've been enjoying the parody of that old song, Hotel California, uh, our song, whether it's Hotel Enneagram or Enneagram Transformation. And the parody for that song is covered by our worship cast license and other online recorded licenses. So we hope that you've enjoyed that, and especially we hope you've learned a lot through the good news for the Enneagram and through the Enneagram and Christianity podcast. So for Claire and Scott Lorridge, our lead pastors, this is Don Capo saying goodbye and hope to see you next time.